Welcome again, everybody, to the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm Dave. Yes, and we got Dave again. He is uh, back up in his uh, church office in his comfy chair. Um, he had some stuff going on today, and so that's why um, we had to do the earlier time today instead of our normal 6 p.m. We are here at 5 o'clock on the Facebook Live. And so, again, yeah, he's up in Buffalo. That's awesome. So how is everything going today, Dave? Oh, dude, things are good in Buffalo. I'm glad to be here. I'm comfortable in my office. I miss getting to sit there next to you since you have that awesome uh, microphone for me now and, of course, the comfortable chair there. But uh, the chair here is just, uh, you know, it, it's pretty comfortable, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but uh, it, it's good. Many good things. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Grateful for the opportunity to, to get to speak on the current events of our day yeah. and to engage them in a meaningful way and hopefully in a way that is not only educational for others but also challenges both of us as we learn to um, live out our christian faith in a world that is often hostile to the christian faith yeah and i mean we saw some uh some big news go on over this weekend that kind of you know shock the nation it should shock every christian um it's something that continues to go on there is that uh sort of attitude that we see online and in our uh, normal circles of talking that uh you know tons of mass shootings are happening all the time and then uh you know a plethora of different arguments uh, arise out of that and so again we are faced uh with more news over the weekend we had a shooting in El Paso and Dayton and so we wanted to say a little bit of something about that. You know, we want to say that we are weeping with those who weep in this situation. Um, we as uh, Christians uh, believe that everybody is made in the image of God. So if you're a believer or unbeliever, um, you, that's our commonality. That is the point of contact. That's what we know um, as Christians, that uh, everybody has value and that this is something that is sinful and horribly wrong and should not exist. Um, but we also know that this is a fallen world and things like this do exist because of the depravity of man. And so we wanted to speak on that real quick. And uh, just uh, anybody that um, would be an earshot of this podcast, we would say that our prayers are with you. And uh, not only our prayers, if anybody wanted to contact us, if we could help in any way, we, me and Dave would certainly uh, be a part of that in whatever capacity we could. So, uh, Yeah, Dave. really interesting um, as I began to speak on the itch- situation in El Paso and in Dayton, the first thing that I think from a Christian worldview, we recognize that man is fallen and man is evil. The solution is not gun laws. Mm-hmm. The solution is not even counseling. The solution is repentance. Mm-hmm. And that is going to happen in this fallen world. We are going to deal with demonstrations of depravity. First thing we need to recognize is God is continually holding back the wickedness of man's heart. Every human being has in themselves that same capacity for evil, Mm -hmm. but by God's common grace, he restrains that. We get a picture of the evilness of man's heart and the vileness of man's heart over and over again. And as Christians, yeah, we do grieve. When we engage a secular world, though, two critical things are always going to be important. Every one of us as a Christian from a Christian worldview recognizes that that's evil and it shouldn't happen. Those who reject God cannot define evil, so they cannot even tell you why they think that that is bad except where they feel that it is bad. But I want to turn this real quick because this year in Chicago, Illinois, are you ready? 
First of all, this weekend, there were seven people, seven African-Americans shot and killed yeah. on the streets of Chicago. Anybody hear anything about that? No. No. This year, 1,517 people have been shot in Chicago. Now, if you go to the Chicago Tribune, it gives you a, a really interesting um, graphics and details. Um, just crazy. There have been, and again, just and it gives you this listing of the most, the 50 most recent victims that have been shot in Chicago in 2019. And there's little links on the Chicago Tribune to the stories. The majority of the individuals that I have found, actually, I should say, the only individuals that I have found that it has a story for are African American males between the ages of 16 and 40. Those are the majority of the people getting shot in Chicago. And so the very fact that we're not actually making a bigger issue of this all the time because of the amount of people, the amount of African-Americans being shot in Chicago uh, is exceptionally racist. And, and I mean that sincerely. Christians yeah. should be speaking against this evil. But again, we'll also take it back to this. The same individuals who are crying out, regulate, regulate guns, regulate guns, regulate guns are the people who want to say, don't regulate abortion. Let everyone kill as many people as they want. In, uh, as long as the baby hasn't come out of their mom yet, uh, that is not a person. Yeah. And so, again, I want to caution anybody, but before you jump onto this bandwagon of, oh man, we got to do something against guns, guess what? If we took away all of the guns and made them illegal in this country, people are still going to get shot. A lot yes. more people will get shot. If we criminalize abortion, it's going to be even less abortions. I mean, we can massively see a major change in the amount of abortions. Mm -hmm. You cannot guarantee the exact same thing with shooting. Why would I say that? It's illegal to have a gun in Chicago. And yes. still there were 1,500 people shot uh, this year, this year alone. Well, excuse me, 1,157 people yeah. shot this year alone in so, Chicago. I mean, it's illegal to have guns. So. Yeah, and this yeah. is what I would say to the Christians. So, you know, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, we're Christians, we get political, we want, you know, we we bridge uh, the Democrat side we into the Republican side. But the thing is, is what we really need to realize is how are we arguing? Um, Paul says that the church is the... is. Is was built up, you know, Christ is building his church, and we are supposed to be the display of the manifold wisdom of God. So, have you thought about the first reaction, the first thing out of your mouth whenever you are talking to people about these issues when they come up? And so, we have a distinctive worldview from which we must speak and act. And so, is it the first thing out of your mouth to be talking about either taking away guns and regulating those more heavily or, oh, no, 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 don't go, go for my guns. Is that the first thing that should be coming out of your mouth as a Christian, as somebody that's supposed to be a part of the community of believers in Christ? Um, is that the first thing you're supposed to go to? And so uh, we really need to watch what we say, what we do. Um, you know, there's always knee jerk reactions to everything. We've got information flying at us all the time. Bad things are happening all the time. And just with the advent of technology and the instantaneous things that can uh, come our way. Um, and then we can reciprocate as just as fast. Um, we need to stick to what scripture has told us to do, which is be slow, right? It's told us to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And so is the church in America being quick to listen and slow to speak? And if it hasn't, then the church needs to repent and say, sorry, everybody, we have overreacted and we have not slowed down. And so I, you know, I would say that, you know, around my circle of friends, we need to look at the situation from a strictly Christian worldview and really look at what we're saying if we're switching over to a naturalistic hermeneutic and all this to where it's the gun issue. The gun issue comes from a naturalistic worldview. It does not come from the Christian worldview. And so, hey, they're taking my guns. I have rights, all this kind of stuff. Well, you got to look at that from a Christian worldview. And then you got to get from the other side if you're going, we need to control guns because if we get rid of guns, then this stuff will stop happening. You know better than that as a Christian.
because things are going to befall man. Man is going to, what are they, what is uh, Paul recite in Romans three? We're quick to shed blood. So Amen. again, in on this issue, I think my biggest thing is this thing is going to keep on circular around again, like the book of judges um, until yeah. Christ comes, sin is going to happen. We are going to forget the past or we're going to say we are better <clears throat> than our ancestors. That's the way it's always been. We always look at the past people and look at them very degrading and like they were stupid. We are better. You know, again, what, what are you doing there? You're t- adopting an evolutionary uh, worldview whenever you're talking like that. We are better. We are uh, more fortunate with technology. We know better. And so even if that was in the past, it's not going to happen like that again. Yet at the same time, you're going to talk about the uniformity of nature. So you're going to be yeah. talking out of the both sides of your mouth when you do that. So we really, um, whenever we see these things, we need to mourn with them. We need to pray with them. We need to act in, in mercy and grace to them. And so that means getting up out of our pews and doing something as well. Um, and but all the while not forgetting to preach the gospel while we're doing it. We just can't do social justice to do social justice um, but we have to preach the gospel um, and be that manifold wisdom of God. So next time this happens, because this will happen again, um, no matter what comes out of this law-wise, um, whatever, we, we can anticipate it happening again in whatever manifest, manifestation. But what we can control is uh, knowing that we have been freed to understand Scripture and understand it rightly and rightfully divide it and then apply it and do it right. Yeah. Amen. So, but yeah, I like so anyway, everything you said are, there, brother. We are with you guys in Dayton and El Paso, um, in our hearts and our minds. You might say, well, you will just, I pray for you. Doesn't mean anything. Um, I'm praying to the God that created everything. Um, mm. he can do something about it. And so if you're a Christian and you're tired of people saying, uh, I'll pray for you. Well, I mean, I would be against people not doing anything either. Um, but just realize what you just said there. Whenever you said prayer doesn't mean anything. Um, realize that you're basically saying God can't do anything about it whenever you degrade prayer um, in that sense. So, um, again, just with you guys, we wanted to make sure that we said something about that because that is a big issue um, that just happened. But uh, we'd like to go into the rest of the show because I know Dave is sort of on a time constraint because he's got some stuff to do with his family um, this evening. So we'll go into what... Adam, I want to say it's really fun to... uh, to be able to talk to you remotely in this way. Cause I have like two camera angles on yeah, you, the one that sweet. you've got, and then I've got mine here. Sweet. So, so uh, which yeah, one's, I just like, I was thinking about that. Yeah, which one's my better both side. Great. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> They're both look great. And, uh, uh well, I I'm know so that uh, the yeah, light is shining behind me. Topics. Yeah. The light yeah. is shining behind me. I got the Shekinah glory, right? No, I'm not Moses. <laughs> yeah, there you whatsoever. Go. <laughs> I'm not taking that one. Anyway, so yeah, we'll get uh, into the show tonight. So uh, we are talking about, uh, wanting to talk about some memes and uh, then get into uh, the article that's been going around about the uh, the doubter of Darwin at Yale. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, instead of just doing like a normal meme theology tonight, I would like to take a moment. Um, I don't know f- exactly how f- in-depth we've gotten in the past um, with this discussion about memes. So glad you're doing this, by the way. This yes. is, uh, I think... We should have had this discussion sooner. Yeah, if we have the first time we ever did we meme theology, we should have had yeah, it. So yeah. yeah, I probably put some stuff in there uh, and, and sprinkled it in. But you know, I want to have a talk. We need yeah. to have a talk about memes, uh, about Christian memeing, and it sounds trivial. It sounds stupid. It's just something that we do on the internet. Um, everything's a click away. Um, you can just share it. Hey, that looks good. Oh, that's funny whatever. And you just, I mean, we get in that habit. We're just mindlessly on our phones, our iPads, well, and, whatever. And let and me jump in stuff. with yeah, a little, for it. let me jump in with a little bit of communication theory component. Yeah. So, um, Michael McClune said that, uh, the medium is the message, right? And so in that concept, McClune, who, who was not a Christian, but he was a media theorist, he would contend that the medium that we use to communicate concepts is the message about who our culture is. Yeah. And so it is important for Christians to be able to step back and do a critique of the medium, right? And so when we step back, we're looking at a medium that Christians, non-Christians, society as a whole uses to communicate brief 
concepts. Uh, we're making, we're trying to make a social statement. We're trying to make a statement about who we are, and we're able to show that. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of memes are posted to Facebook, to Twitter, to Instagram, um, and uh, those memes say something about the society and the fundamental way in which that society believes they can communicate about themselves or about their God or about truths that are centrally um, foundational to them. Does that make sense? And so it's really important in our time and in our day that we actually step back and we don't just click like on the meme or share without um, trying to process it. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And this uh, brings uh, back, this ties in what we just talked about. Be quick to listen, be slow to speak, therefore be slow to meme. And the listen in this part is to be quick to study, be quick to think, be slow to hit like, be hit, be <laughs> slow to hit share. So I know we've talked about IGN. We've talked about, you know, just uh, engaging uh, the culture around us. So if you want to use distinctions like millennials or whatever, but we have to accept that there's technology, this stuff is going around. And so, you know, if it wasn't for uh, what Dave and I are doing right now, um, and just doing some ministerial things. And if it wasn't trying to then speak the gospel into the culture um, that's around, you know, I, I could care less about Facebook and, and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's very useful. I even, I even though I still have my times where I go down rabbit holes of videos and use it for, you know, just stupid stuff, you know, instead of actually using it for meaningful things. Um, luckily, this uh, ministry keeps that to a minimum. Um, and so that's the only reason why I have it, but we need to understand that we've got to engage people where they are. And this is a, they're on the internet. So, um, tag your, it's on the internet. That's why we do the live. That's why we do the podcast. Uh, that's why Dave and I started this thing. But, uh, you know, we also need to understand that, that with that kind of power comes great responsibility for all my comic book folks out there. Um, you know, that great quote, and it's a good, uh, platitude, um, it's a good meme, right? <laughs> In a way, yeah. but then again, that's based on the presuppositions that are a priori to you saying that. So my presuppositions are the biblical um, scriptures and revelation that would speak into that platitude. Um, uh, but anyway, you know, this comes this comes out of just looking at a couple of memes uh, from somebody close to me, um, and it's uh, just a recurring theme. Um, that uh, theology just really, really doesn't matter. Um, it's feelings and all that kind of stuff, and that's what kind of goes into the context of the memes that I, um, that we'll be kind of doing our meme theology on. Um, but yeah, we got to understand these things are meaningful. These things aren't just, especially as a Christian, everything that you do is in worship to God. Everything you do is to the glory of God. So, you know, it sounds weird, but how can we meme to the glory of God? And we sh- we've got to ask ourselves that whenever we're doing things like this, when our inter- every interaction on the internet has, you know, we've got to have a priori to anything that we do. How do we glorify God? That is the chief end of man. We are to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Um, so, you know, let's get into the memes, Dave, you know, and then we'll kind of flesh this out through the memes. Um, but, uh, if you guys, uh, look at the screen, I've got it set up and we'll have got meme number one, um, that I saw within the past couple of days. Um, and just, uh, look at it for a second, read it for yourself. Yeah. Are you going to be able to <laughs> pop it up on the main page there or it's on the, it's on the, uh, the podcast right now. Ah, so it's, it's on well, so people can see it. I'm just a little bit behind. Uh, you uh, when it will pop up, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. Cool. Yeah. I can look at there it there go. with you. So there's the meme. All right. So if you guys, oh have... man, there it is. Look at that. Yeah, Sweet. I don't even have to pull it up on mine anymore. I yeah. can close that because I had it as a window on mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. You got it. So um, this first meme I saw, um, you know, it's when people bring up your past, tell them Jesus dropped the charges. Okay. So two options. Somebody didn't think about this before posting it, or it's something that would be reflective of they've thought about it and this is what they believe. Unfortunately, this is not an Orthodox Christian message. This is maybe feelings I or something like that. I understand an individual mm-hmm. trying to share this to be like, hey, my past is gone. It is over. I've let it go. Now, yeah. we could pull a Saiten Brugenkate and correct it, yeah. And we could put, when people bring up your past, tell them, 
Jesus died to atone for your sins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not just drop. And here's why it's, in my mind, a really important statement for us to designate that Christ atoned for our sins. Because when we say that Jesus just dropped the charges, we lose both the love of God in Jesus Christ mm. and the justice of God in the substitutionary atonement that Christ completed. Yeah. We belittle what Christ did in living righteously for us, and we correct Scripture in that statement, because that's not at all what Scripture contends. Statements like Romans 3.25, it was to show God's righteousness because of his divine forbearance that he passed over former sins. God's righteousness. Uh, Jesus Christ fulfilled the righteous requirement of the law on our behalf. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't just drop those things. And so when we say that Jesus just dropped the charges, Jesus could have just dropped the charges and that would have been a whole lot easier than yeah. him coming and living a righteous life to fulfill the law. Well, I mean, Christ had to live a life of perfect obedience to God in order to mm -hmm. earn righteousness for us. Yeah. And that's an incredibly important Because we got to understand that Jesus, Jesus is God. He can decree things, right? He can just say things are so and they're so. So we can turn, I mean, if you think about it, this turns Jesus into Allah. Because he can just wink. His justice matters nothing. He can just say, you're acquitted by my choice, and it's arbitrary now, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the, So, I mean, we, we, we got that. It's also antinomian to say, Jesus just dropped the charges. I don't have to deal with my past. I don't have to use my past as uh, you know an example of the awesomeness of the gospel. I'm just going to throw it out there. Jesus just dropped the charges. Don't talk to me anymore about my past. Instead of, you know, if this is a, say this is a real situation where people are doing this, you can say, you know what? I did stupid things. I see you guys doing stupid things too. But here's the thing about it is I know that deep down inside, you know, it's wrong, but Jesus died for those things. He died for sinners taking on sin. He became sin who knew no sin. Now the charges are not actually dropped you're going to be judged by the law unless if you're in Christ where you're saved apart from the law. Because Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. And so, again, the, the, the interaction here, um, if this is a real-life situation, this does not lead to evangelism um, and will not lead to discipleship or anything. This is just a statement to write people off and get them out of the way because you don't want to deal with the gospel yourself. It is actually a really nice turn to Isaiah 53 and a understanding of that amazingly powerful prophecy. Uh, Isaiah 53 verse six, the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Um, he bore the sins of many Isaiah 53, 12. Um, John the Baptist even calls Jesus Christ the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world, John 1, 29. Mm -hmm. uh, and Paul declares that God made Christ to be sin, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Um, we also know from Hebrews that Christ offered once to bear the sins of many. Mm -hmm. And, of course, 1 Peter 2, 24 he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. He didn't just drop the charges. When you share this mean, and I'm not saying this in a mean way, you're not say, thinking through what it meant for Christ to live a righteous yeah. life and for him to bear our sins. We cannot be declared righteous before God if Jesus dropped all the charges. That's not how it works. Because if Jesus dropped all the charges, then God changes and God has no justice mm -hmm. and a just God is not a loving God. And a just God is not a saving God because he's not going to pair 
pay out justice on anyone else. Yeah. Um, I love, and I talked about this before. I'm sorry if I'm going on a little bit longer tangent here, <laughs> but we've talked about this scripture before. It's one scripture that I just, uh, I really do love. Second Peter chapter two, uh, verse four, which says God did not spare angels when they sinned, but mm-hmm. he cast them into hell and committed them to the pits of nether gloom to be kept until the judgment. Yeah. If Christ can just drop the charges, why don't he just drop the charges for angels and everybody? And you put yourself in a slippery slope when you do that. And that's yeah. just uh, where I am on it. So yeah, and I mean the, we can correct the, it. <laughs> yeah, but then the uh, other thing is, is we're Christians. We stand for truth. Jesus is the true, the way, the way, and the life. And so that being said, we've got to be truthful, right? God has called us to be holy, for He is holy. And so, um, you know, if this sort of talk offends and the picking apart of something so simple offends, um, sorry, but we have to correct. This is not true. Um, even if you're sentimentally tied to this statement, I know somebody said that this uh, might be, I think our buddy Jeremiah said he, this might be based on a popular Christian song called Jailbreak. So this isn't just mm. a meme. This is going in on radio and people's ears and people are singing it. And unfortunately, maybe it might be sung at churches, you know, worship, um, <laughs> which would be a bad thought. Uh, we can't say that for sure, but just you know, the imagination runs wild there a little bit, um, but we've got to speak truth. And so this is not telling the truth. So simply we need to throw it away. One more passage consistent. of scripture. Yeah. One more passage of scripture that I think is key to share here is Luke 24 verses 25 to 26, where Jesus says to the men on the road to Emmaus, Oh, foolish men, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Mm. Um, Scripture was fulfilled in Christ's substitutionary atonement for his people. And it was a specific atonement. John chapter 10 my sheep hear my voice. Uh, and so Jesus died specifically to atone for the sins of his elect. And, and it's important that we recognize Jesus didn't just drop the charges. Yeah. He fulfilled the law. Yeah. And so, yeah, well, I mean, we'll connect with the statement here. Let's look at another one that I saw anyway. So meme number two, here we go. Pray like Nehemiah, obey like Daniel. Lead like Moses, serve like Martha, believe like Mary, fight like David, educate like Paul, build like Noah, love like Jesus. So, let's be slow to study. Oh, man. And <laughs> I thought about this, so you know, I'm not just going to jump on it quick, um, but I've thought about this. Um, so, I've been slow. I've studied. I've read it. I'm just going like, why? Um, and so, here's, okay, here's why somebody would post this. It looks awesome. Pray like Nehemiah. I mean, these are like battle cries, you know, pray like Nehemiah, obey like Daniel, you know, and they're all biblical people, you know, and, and stuff like that. But I'm um, just waiting to, you know, you guys that are in the chat, you know, do you guys notice it yet or not? <laughs> you know, um, but the, the big thing here is, don't you know, and I mean, this, this is going to be digging deep for some people, but do you see the degradation of Jesus Christ in this meme? Yeah. If that's not the first thing that jumps out to you, just look at it for a little while and think about it. Um, it is, yeah, uh, Jeremiah just said you're not yeah. David, so I agree completely. <laughs> that too, and that's yeah, exactly yeah, what yeah. I think about. Yeah. I think about a moralistic mindset that is absent of Christ. Mm-hmm. These are types of Christ. Yes. I mean, each of these folks were a type of Christ. Moses was a type of Christ. He was going to deliver the people of God out of Egypt. He was going to deliver God's people out of the Gentile nations, right? Um, That was something he was going to do. I mean, if you want to follow Matthew's narrative of Jesus being baptized to also kind of go about uh, Moses walking through parting the Red Sea, uh, Jesus giving the, um, the Sermon on the Mount up on the mountain, just like Moses gave the Ten Commandments on the 
mountain, and there's a few other little elements there. Uh, but all of these folks, uh, I, I don't want to say that Martha was a type of Jesus, because I don't really see that yeah. actually ever argued, or Mary, and I think there's some Mariolatry in here, yeah. uh, because if we believe like Mary, then that means that for a while we, we tell Jesus to stop being Jesus, right? Yeah. Uh, if we want to, again, lead like Moses, well, that means that we're going to lose our temper and we're going to um, not get to go into the promised land, yeah. right? Uh, all of these fall inadequate. And then like you and I were talking before the show, if Jesus contended that we were supposed to pray like Nehemiah, why doesn't he just quote Nehemiah's prayer in the Sermon on the Mount when he teaches the disciples how to pray? Yeah. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. So, so you know, this is... Uh, uh, this is this is something I'd like to write about sometime. I think I started a blog post one time, but I'd like to go a little bit deeper in that sometime. Um, but let's just uh, coin the phrase right here on the podcast right now: sentimental theology, yeah. sentimental apologetics. Um, that's what's going on here. Um, yeah, you read that if you, and it's one of those things that, you know, I'm not going to degrade people. You know, there, um, there are people in the pews, there's congregation members. We all have our gifts. We all have our measure of faith that has been given us. Sanctification's a doozy between people. You know, we're, we're not all uh, gifted in the same way. We're not all called to do the same things, but we are called to learn though, right? We're all disciples. We are all students, and so, you know, I don't want to go out there and be like, if you posted this meme, you're a reprobate and unregenerate and stuff. No, what I'm just saying is you haven't thought about it. You have been, you might have been taught wrong. You might not be listening. So I'm going heads up here. Here's, here's a problem. And so this is where covenant theology could really help you out, but you're stuck in this sentimental mode of, I just want to post something inspirational. And it's like, that's mm. not what you need to do. You need to post again, like I said, the truth. So you need to be slow to, you need to be quick to listen, which in this case, quick to study, quick to understand. Um, we need to stop just buying in and throwing things out there, hoping that something sticks to people around us. We need to have a measured approach. And I, again, this sounds so trivial. They're just memes. It's just the internet. It's just Facebook, whatever. You can say that. No, it's not. It's your witness. It's mm, you. Right on. <laughs> and so... We need to back up a little bit. I, there's times where I've wanted to share things so hardcore. There's this, there's this picture that I scoured the internet for because it left from uh, from uh, Righteous Wretch. They made a shirt, but then they were told not to put that shirt out because it wouldn't be good. I scoured the internet. I found it. I want to post it so bad, <laughs> but for the same <laughs> reasons, I don't. I have it on my iPad so I can look at it and smile every once in a while. But it's something that I know I've got to have restraint about. And uh, so, so, you know, like, like with this stuff, you know, this is just sentimental um, theology. Um, and so basically sentimental theology can be defined as um, basically how what you do know about the scriptures may be very little. Um, it, it goes into your feels and then your sentiment yep. blocks you from the truth claim yes. that you're making and so you make an absurd truth yes. you know, it's not truth claim but you make an absurd claim thinking that you're doing okay but you're actually not and so that's why we need to look at what we do what we think what we do because like i said you might not be thinking it's uh, that important but this is your they call it facebook for a reason it's your face it's your name on there um, people follow you and they friend you and this is just a great I mean, like I said, this is a great avenue to engage people in the culture. Um, so, you're if you're you know you're taking the time to look things, thumb things through, and stuff like that. Why not use it for truth and not just sentiment? Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said there, Adam. I think you hit it right on. I love the term sentimental, sentimental apologetics, sentimental theology. When we allow true doctrine to not shine through because a cutesy phrase or spin of phrases mm -hmm. seems to work better. Again, I always go back to the phrase that we hear a lot of times. I think it is a classical sentimental theology or apologetic. Hate 
the sin, love the sinner. That's not scriptural. Yeah. I love the That's Im- not in scripture. I love the image bearer. Bingo. There you go. I love the image but bearer. But then again, what will happen is that individual, that image bearer will turn and say, well, uh, my sin is my identity. And that's where you say, no, you're not identified by that. And so, again, that hate uh, hate the sin, love the sinner. Uh, I'm going to love the sinner enough to tell them that their sin is killing them. Yeah. Right? And their sin is sending them to hell. And so that's why I don't like a sentimental statement like that. So, yeah. sorry, I, yeah. I don't want to continue. I do want to say this, though, real quick as a last piece. Mm. In John chapter 3, verse 30, John the Baptist is approached by his disciples. Jesus is baptizing more people. And John says, he must increase, I must decrease. Nehemiah would not want to be put on a level playing field yeah. with Jesus. Yeah. Daniel, Moses wouldn't. And when Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration has Elijah and Moses show up, he will not let Peter build altars to all three of them because yeah. Peter doesn't even realize. And yeah. so someone who doesn't realize who Jesus is places him on an equal footing. Yeah, and that's what this something like does, this. because apparently Jesus, <laughs> Jesus' best attribute is love, and everybody else has got better, you know, Noah's better at building, Paul's better at educating, David's better at fighting, Mary's better at believing. <laughs> wow. Um, so, so did Mary did uh, ask- believe and trust in Oh. As much as Jesus did, like going to the cross, like he was sweating drops of sweat, like blood, and yeah. he uh, James was believing. Us, yeah, he got it. Yeah, sorry. Oh, James yeah, just said, "Could this be a meme to give other believers as an example of how to live?" And I would say I wouldn't do that no, simply because Jesus true. has put on. Like, okay, I understand that there is a. We do want to look at moral lessons from the faith of David, uh, from the Mm. faith of Paul. That's good. We should never remove that. But ultimately, we don't want to set Jesus, like, did Jesus not do these other things good enough? This love like Jesus is, again, maybe they're trying to build to Jesus. But what I'm saying is, no, pray like Jesus, obey like Jesus, lead like Jesus, serve like Jesus, believe like why would you want to say serve like Martha when you could say, no, serve like Jesus. He served rightly every time. Yeah. Does that make sense? And so that's how I would use it. Sorry, Adam. It's Wait, kinda, no, I'm no. still learning. I'm still learning a little bit how to do the remote. Yeah people, uh, yeah. people just have a harder time dressing up as Jesus in a cantata. So it's easier to dress up as Moses and then, uh, you know, leading. And so you can do this in a play. I guess. Uh, sentimental, right? <laughs> yeah, gotcha. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So yeah, this puts uh, Jesus on the level of creature. And so you, instead of needing sentimental theology, you need covenantal theology, understanding the creator-creature distinction and why this degrades the Savior in which you tried to uh, proclaim the gospel of. And so again, be quick to or be slow to listen, which would apply to this, be slow to study be slow to post things and just understand that you need to maybe show a little restraint. You see, I, I get bold all the time. I get it. But there's times I recognize there needs to be restraint, even in memes. Um, you know, whatever I say behind the chair, whatever I say on the show, there has to be some sort of restraint that I'm slow with that. Then whenever I do speak, I have listened, I have studied, I have done what I needed to do before I go ahead and uh, do what do what needs to be done uh, as long as it's uh, biblical and scriptural. So anyway, that's uh, the meme theology that went way longer than what I thought, but Hey, that was awesome. I think we needed to talk about it. Um, you know, the, the meme thing and have the, uh, the meme birds and bees talk, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, again, yeah. I think the, the medium is the message Yeah. in a concise statement. A meme is a concise statement to, um, make a principle argument. Yeah. We need to be really cautious about what it can say because we have few words. And if someone can take this to and manipulate it to not see Jesus as the greatest, um, I would be cautious to use it. Like that would be a caution on my part. I, I just yeah. wouldn't feel comfortable using it because 
to me, it's Jesus's name uh, becomes one added to a list yeah. when Jesus's name is above all the others. Yeah. And so that's that's why I wouldn't feel real, real comfortable with it. Yeah. So that's my opinion there. So, yeah. OK. Um, well, yeah, we got the uh, next topic. Do you have time? Because we did go. Long. I do. Uh, you have time. All right. So the next time, let's see if we can yeah. not, let's see if we can rock through it in like, give me 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. You guys heard it first here anyway. So yeah, we want to talk about, uh, the, there was a uh, professor at Yale university. He's a computer science guy. Um, he has been uh, caught doubting Darwin. He wrote an article. Um, I, I got this from the college fix. I saw it kind of going around Facebook, uh, through different channels anyway. So I read it, I read the column, um, that it, contained within it but i just wanted to make sure that we hit up on this issue because um i think uh from the presuppositionalist side we can definitely deal with this so because it's not this is not i mean there's there's good and there's bad in this and we've got to judge this by the standard but you're gonna i think we need to have this resource and have this talk because um we need to really understand there's gonna be people out there going like oh look at this victory look at this victory for christianity no it's not yeah and that's the issue with this article. Yeah. Again, um, this comes from the College Fix by Jennifer Cabany. Uh, she is the Fix editor, dated July 30, 2019. Um, the origin of species is exactly what Darwin cannot explain, is what David Glert, Glertner, Glerter, excuse me, Glerter, uh, who is a professor uh, at Yale University. He essentially comes out in a article that was published on the Claremont Review of Books. Yeah. And he states that he has left Darwinism. Uh, he calls it a beautiful idea that has been effectively disproven. So I want to stop there. Yeah. Um, Glernter, Glernter, sorry, I'm struggling. I want to say his name right. Glernter does not ever in his article say that he has embraced Jesus Christ. Yeah. He yeah. simply says that this theory mathematically has been disproven it cannot happen yeah. um it says in his article and of course this article here states in his article he explained how by reading and discussions of darwinian evolution and its complementing theories namely intelligent design they have convinced him that darwin had it wrong yeah here's he the says, interesting thing though We know that people suppress who God is mm -hmm. through various means. Uh, Glertner has not stopped suppressing that truth. Yeah. That's why we need to struggle to say, oh, hey, that's a victory. Oh, hey, that's a victory. No, yeah. unless you have repented of your sins and trusted in the triune God of Scripture, it's not a win, right? And that's the issue. Yeah. Um, so basically, Learner, just to just to give a little bit yeah. more context on this, um, from the CRB article, um, it's you know he says himself that uh, Stephen Meyer, who wrote Darwin's Doubt, is who convinced him that Darwin has failed. Um, so it was not scripture; it was not a friend or a confidant in the uh, industry of teaching. Um, you know that would be like it, it wouldn't be even an intelligent design person. Um, but yeah, Meyer, he says Meyer doesn't only demolish Darwin, he defends a replacement theory, intelligent design. And so I'll let Dave go on, but that's going to be a major, uh, part of this conversation. Glerner stops short of fully embracing intelligent design, both in his essay and during his interview. He said in his interview that he sees intelligent intelligence in earth's design and has no quarrel with id proponents but notes that the world is a mess it's suffering far outweighs its goodness yeah hey here is the positives number one he recognizes that there is evil in this world yeah and that the evil of this world does outweigh the good in this world but guess what Good came into the world yeah. in Jesus Christ to redeem a terrible world. So there's these really positive things here. But what I really love in the um, in the college fix article is when he begins to talk about the intellectual um, barriers that are actually more emotional barriers that individuals in the um, Darwinian neo Darwinian evolution field have put up. He says Darwinism 
has indeed passed beyond a scientific argument as far as they are concerned. Mm -hmm. Take your life in your own hands to challenge it intellectually. They will destroy you if you challenge it. And it's really nice that we have an admission from somebody. This is not a Christian. I mean, he's got his biases, definitely, he's, but he's not Christian biased, and apparently he's not Darwinian biased. Um, he is himself biased. He might have maybe a few community members that might agree with him, but we need to understand. Um, I have said this to people before, and they're like, "Oh, no, 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 no." We have, you know, there's scientists that are Christians and all that kind of stuff, and and they're in on academia, and it's okay. We've got another admission that if you go against this, and he's calling it a religion inside of the university and academia, that Darwinianism is something that if you do not agree to it, you can be destroyed with by in your career life. Yeah, I love what he says here as well. Religion is imparted more than anything mm. else by parents to the children. And young people are brought up as little Darwinists. Kids I see running around New Haven, and that, of course, is where Yale University is, are all Darwinists. The students in my class, they're all Darwinists. I'm not hopeful. Yeah. Scripture would agree with everything he says there. The religion of suppressing the truth through the means of darwinianistic evolution it doesn't matter what the facts are this is where the presupposition element really comes in there is great scientific evidence to reject darwin but are you ready every time one person would say Well, there's a very good possibility for creation being true. There's a very good possibility that Jesus rose from the dead. Um, That is an offense to the God of Scripture. Especially because... Jesus knew he was God. The interesting element is that this gentleman, um, David Glerntner, is a respected professor. He has looked at the evidence, but here's the thing. He's still not neutral. He'll never be neutral. Mm. He hasn't embraced intelligent design. He simply rejected the religion of Darwinism. Yeah. And so Christians, the most people that I see who are sharing this are Christians. They need to recognize that David hasn't gone from death into life. He's just stayed in death. And so when we look at a scientist, If we try to validate God by an external source, we will never get to God. Yeah. Because an external source, if we say that it's going to validate God, then we've put it above God. And so an article like this, a concept like this, we need to recognize from a scriptural standpoint the deficit in it yeah right and and we do need to talk to our uh you know evidentialist friends um that do you know that classical apologetics approach where they're using these because like he's recognizing order so he you know this would be you know an evidentialist going hey he's starting to get it he's got the teleological argument down he's understanding he's seeing it oh ontological argument or um whatever sort of arguments you know Thomism presents the five ways <clears throat> they're going to start getting excited going hey he's not far and the thing is no he's not far none of us are far from the kingdom of god and it's all based on well for one god regenerating him um but the thing That's is right. but in that it's going to take submission and full submission to Christ. And so as Christians, we can't really be excited about this rejection because again, he needs the gospel. And so only until then he's going to be stuck now in limbo in his career. So he's not going to be Darwinist. Um, He might recognize some intelligent design. So this is the same sort of thing that um, if you want to relate, you know, whenever you talk to us, when we say that we are, we are not pro-life, we are abolitionists. Um, same Amen. thing. We are not. We we are presuppositionalist. We bow down to the revelational epistemology given in the biblical scriptures from the triune God, speaking and condescending into His creation and to His people. And so, right on, we brother. Ourselves into another 
you know, we, there's, we're third party all the time. <laughs> and a Christian should be sort of third party all the time in a way uh, with the world. We should be separate. There will be sort of commonalities, um, but we can't speak into those commonalities without dealing with the Imago Dei at the very uh, beginning of that and our point of contact. So, you know, this isn't a victory. He's recognizing things. Now we can pray for him. Um, we can pray that somebody gets thrown his way so that, you know, William Lane Craig style apologetics doesn't lead him to a false profession. Oh yeah, and totally. That, I've got knowledge. Now he's going to go gnostic because he's puffed up in his in his knowledge. So you know, this is not. We can't treat this as a victory. Now we can treat this as you know, this could be a means that God is using um, to defeat him, and hopefully, maybe he stays in his confusion to where he doesn't even really fully accept the William Lane Craig thing and go straight to the gospel. But I hope, man, I hope he runs yeah. into a presuppositional. Yeah. I hope he runs that, into the brick it, wall. Of, well, I hope he stumbles over Jesus Christ. That's right. And then realizes that uh, he has to have full submission. And then whenever he comes in, he's given ears to hear and eyes to see. And then realizes that um, just like Jesus told Peter again, this was not given you by flesh and blood. It was given to you from above. Um, This is the work of God, not how we work, but this is the work of God that, uh, you know, he calls, he sanctifies, he glorifies. So, you know, in that case, you know, whenever we're reading this stuff, let's not get so excited and throw it around and uh, be like, see, look, got you, got those. We don't take gotcha moments. We take gospel moments, okay? So you don't go gotcha, look at this in your face, atheists. No, you go, no, this guy's just in the same, they're all in the same boat. Unbelief is unbelief. Um, That's right. And so there's no neutrality. There's no meh. When it comes to Jesus Christ. So, um, but yeah, we wanted to kind of give our perspective on that. And I know Dave's got to go. Thank you for your time. Brother, thank Dave, you. I'm so glad your, to get to do this with yeah. you. I appreciate you adjusting to my schedule. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, I'm tell thankful your, all of you who have listened. Uh, continue to share, like, rate us on iTunes. Uh, share us through whatever means you have. And uh, we've got yeah. some more giveaways. We'll have some yeah. more giveaways. I've got so again, a stack of books for yeah, you to give away. So. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff coming in the future, so please go back on our timeline, uh, share either on Twitter or on Facebook the uh, little thing, and we're probably going to not wait till August 29th. And guess what? August 29th is not a Monday anyway. I looked at the schedule horribly, but I've been passing around all this stuff. So still like it, share it. We'll give you a deadline, um, and then we'll get out those two uh, Show Me White books, and then we'll probably go into another one. I know I've got an extra um, Trinity book that just – not yeah, then new trinity book from rob phillips that i that we can give away and so there's so there's some little things here and there that we're going to do um thanking you for your support and all that stuff but yeah um all we're asking like just like our page like our uh, some of our posts share our memes and stuff i'm going to try to like throw some more memes out there because again memes are good as long as you study and so before i go into do a meme i study i think and then i'm you know good to go so Anyway, with that said, we'll end the uh, podcast. Um, this is the Tag Your It Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm Dave. And Sully. Dale. Gloria. Gloria.